0: And we're back with the Team Early AF podcast. Your host, Bill Kepke here. This is week. What is this? Week three of the Bullet Point Open. Uh, it's been been I had I had uh, COVID going in. Trainings trainings a little uh, less in hunting season, so I've been getting beat up every every week. It's been fun. Been sore. This uh, latest workout, Popeye, was no different. And in this episode of the podcast, we're joined by the mastermind behind the Popeye workout, Jacob Heppner. Uh, You might know him from his CrossFit competition days. He's the owner of Grit Performance, and he is a full-on competitor, fitness guy, likes getting uncomfortable as he talks about here in the podcast and how that ties into uh, how he conducts himself in Business, life, and everything in between. So we sit down, Jacob and I sit down and we uh, chat in this podcast. So it's a good time. Hopefully you enjoy. The Team Early AF podcast is sponsored by Bullet Point Competition Series. We're here in week three getting after it. Bullet Point is awesome in that it is an online competition you can do at your gym. There's awesome prizes, great workouts. It's a lot of fun, helps build community in your gym, gives you Something to train for in the winter leading up to New Year's. And yeah, I, I have a blast every year. I can't say enough good things about it. Uh, here in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, our gym. Members love it. They love to hate it. Uh, gets them uncomfortable. Pushes us to grow a little bit. And it's yeah, it's just a good time in the gym in, in a cold, cold January. So check it out and sign up next year. Follow, follow along <laughs> this year. It's It's been fun. We are also sponsored by Schulze Family Beef uh, right here in Humbird, Wisconsin, pasture raised beef boxes. So you you pick what you want or you get the pre-made box of the month and they'll ship it out to you through speedy delivery service. It's all frozen, packaged with recyclable cardboard. There's this dissolvable compostable corn liner, corn product liner. I don't know. It's crazy space stuff and it's super cool and the product is amazing can't say enough good things about their beef. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, when I do my seasonal AF cooking workshops here in Stevens point, that's the beef we use. Everyone loves it and everyone goes home and they order their own box. So check out Schultz family beef, send them some love, order some beef, have yourself some great meals and some beef fed gains. All right. Also big thank you to the patrons of the show. Uh, you can sponsor. You can support the podcast on there. You can get some get involved in the monthly programming I have available available for people through the Train Heroic app. If you're someone who loves the outdoors and you're looking for some good at home training to follow, check that out. I can I offer you a monthly subscription through there. Ten to twelve week programs. Uh, people are really enjoying it, so check that out. And if you're interested in some more one on one personal training with a board certified athletic trainer, you've got some orthopedic concerns going on. Uh, That's also available through there. So check it out, reach out, hit me up with a message. If you need some help other than that, here we go on with the show. Here we are back, back in the virtual studio for the bullet point open with the team early AF podcast. We have Jacob Heppner in the studio, virtual studio today. Uh, our co-host, Brooke, won't be able to join us, unfortunately, uh, all that work stuff. So, Jacob, thanks for joining me today.
1: I'm uh, glad to be here. I will be your co-host today. So. That's right.
0: Jacob and I running the show today. Uh, Brooke and I had originally wanted to talk about, well, A, breakdown down the Popeye workout. Uh, my arms. Wait. Yep. I can reach full extension. So, uh, Jacob, appreciate that. Thanks for that.
1: Well, honestly, <laughs> honestly, goodness, because you have to realize how much I program. I don't, I remember the workout had toes of pull-ups, I think, and maybe hang power cleans, but I don't remember what the workout was. <laughs> if I'm being, honest, we're, we're I'm going to rowing in it and rowing in it too.
0: I no, I, I totally get you. If it's, if it's not the week, of the workouts I'm programming for clients, (laughs) athletes, and gym, it's gone. It's out. It's out. We don't have space for that. So I completely understand that. Um, we'll get to that. We'll get to, we'll get to Popeye. Uh, but Brooke and I, we're also going to break down, uh, the psych workout. That's this, this week's event for the bullet point open from street parking and working on, uh, finalizing some stuff with Miranda right now. So hopefully she'll be on next week so I can complain to her house or I am. And then we're going to talk about a little bit of, uh, Mental health type stuff too today for fitness competition. Uh, I'm really big on this podcast on how do we integrate fitness not only into uh, this idea of health or wellness but our lives. So community, uh, your your mental sanity, maybe your career, uh, food, the environment, all that all that kind of plays a role into how I picture fitness fitting into a person's life. And Jacob definitely embodies a lot of that with what he shares on. Instagram so I'm excited to dive into that today but we're gonna Jacob we're gonna start with um the Popeye workout so it was 12 minute time cap uh-huh. I've got it up here 12 minute time cap you had two sets uh 30 pull-ups 30 hang power cleans we're, we're gonna roll off the rx standards for everyone listening yep. 30 hang power cleans at 115 7 and 75 for female 30 toes yep. to bar 30 calorie row
1: Oh yeah, I remember it now. Yeah, two yeah, rounds
0: yeah, of that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm. I was rolling. So this this bullet point open. I th- th- this usually goes against my um, what do you want to call it personal survival instinct, which is very low. I had uh, COVID. I was sick. I didn't. I I uh, traveled a lot during the hunting season, so my training was um, just enough to stay sane, and then. I signed up for the open and I went scaled thinking that it would be the better choice, but honestly it's been the worst choice because it's not like the weights or anything can slow you down. So you have no choice, but to go fast, which I've found is actually been terrible. So I had to do 30 ring rows, two sets of that. And that, you know, that, no, that, that murdered my biceps and my forearms worse than worse than anything else uh, <laughs> I can think of. Like that was just so many ring rows and it was a good time. It was a good time. Like I was telling Jacob before the show can finally extend my arms. That's exciting. Uh, drinking coffee at the gym was like a two hand two hand PR lift every time. But uh, no, man, it was a good workout. Everybody loved it. So I, I guess I want to dive in. What was your what was your thinking behind that workout?
1: Well, uh James has sent me what he was kind of looking for in terms of gymnastics. And so he, he'd give me an idea of what Miranda was probably gonna program, what had already been programmed, and where I could fit uh, a puzzle piece into the whole thing. And so essentially that's what I what I chose to do. And it I, I do remember that one sucking quite a bit. I remember thinking I should be able to do this unbroken and I did not do it unbroken. <laughs> right, I'm going to drop this. <laughs>
0: we 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 talked about that last week on the podcast um where we're like I had a coach from uh, Liberty Hill CrossFit in Texas and we were both talking there's going to be so many so many guys and gals that walk up to that bar and they're just like, all oh, 30, I can do that unbroken." And I'm like, "That's it's just going to wreck your life. Like you might you might make it through the first round and then things are going to happen. There's going to be feelings that you've never thought you could feel both mentally and physically and You're going to, you're going to be in that, that level of discomfort where everyone does like the awkward walk around their barbell under the pull-up bar, right? Anything, anything in order to delay having to pick it up back up again. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, well done on that. And that, that workout came from Grit performance, which is your, one of your five, right? You said five businesses. Yeah,
1: quite a bit, quite a few of them. Yeah. (laughs) I think I've actually sold off one of them, but yeah. Yeah. Stay really busy. Yeah. That that came from grit. Correct. So.
0: And grit performance for everyone listening. What, what's that about? What's the, uh, what's the fuel, what's the the fire?
1: The concept, the concept behind grit was, um, it's a company that follows me and, and, you know, like it's always meant to follow me to a degree. And so when I was involved in CrossFit and still competing in CrossFit, I should say it was my exact program from the coach I had at the time. Uh, and I still have that coach now, but you don't see me competing as much. and now that company has really rotated over to really follow uh, Olivia, who's a sixteen year old who goes um, my barn every night. and then of course, grit also has a separate a separate branch a separate section that goes off and follows my journey as I'm uh, getting involved in um, the fitness and firearms perspective and sport that I'm doing now. so
0: I like it we're we're definitely gonna dive in the tactical games. Uh, one of the Michael, my other co-host down here, who, uh, unfortunately he was all excited for this podcast. He's, he's competed at the tactical games with, with you, I believe Michael Evang, but, uh, mm-hmm. he yep. yesterday or two days ago, I don't remember he messaged me and called me and he's like, uh, I can't come. And when I finally got the reason out, he was like, we have to go look at lights for the house. And apparently that's a, that's a big to do <laughs>
1: stupid reason.
0: <laughs> so I gave him a bunch of grief for that, but, uh. Circling back, I kind of skipped over Jacob. Can you give people the the quick and dirty elevator speech of Jacob Hepner? Kind of your your competitive past, your coaching past, training past, and how fitness fits into your life.
1: Yeah, so um, grew up in the state of California. Uh, found CrossFit uh, when I was when I moved out here during high school. I found CrossFit in at the near end of college um, with one year left in college. But that time I still had one more year left of playing college football, American football and quickly realized I had like a summer internship and found CrossFit and realized like, this isn't just like a show up to a gym and kind of jerk around. You can obviously do that doing CrossFit. Like this is an, actually a sport could be a sport and you can compete in it. You can travel with it. You can make money in it. It, it could be a part-time job if you really wanted to be so. Um, uh, fell in love with it, uh, still obviously graduated college, uh, went to working full-time for the Army, has a DOD civilian, has a, a, a math guy, and um, really jumped into CrossFit really head first while also having a full-time job, and that was about 2013 is when I st- did that. Qualified for our first year of regionals, 2013, um, had no idea, showed up, had a great time. Uh, and then circle back around the next year, 2014, went back to regionals, qualified to go to the games in 2014, and then went to the games, 2015, 2016, uh, 17, 18, were off and then 19 and 20. And that's it.
0: Nice, man. That's love it. CrossFit background here. Yeah. There's, there's the, there's the CrossFit background, the CrossFitness, the CrossFitting. Uh, so when, when did the transition happen for you? or what did that look like? Did you grow up? So we're, we're going to circle back to tactical games. Uh, did you grow up with firearms, Was it, uh, guns yeah. or hunting? A thing yeah. In your family? So I
1: grew up in California, uh, which most people don't think there's a whole lot of guns in California. I grew up shooting, uh, at that time, uh, younger. Now, again, it wasn't competitive shooting. We're just, you know, a BB gun, a 22 and you get a rifle and then you get a shotgun and stuff like that. Um, grew up just around firearms and, uh, in 2017, I didn't go to the games. Uh, no, it was 2018. 2018, I didn't qualify to go to the games because of a standard uh, imposed by CrossFit HQ. And I decided, man, I got, I'm got i really fit. You know, I should find some stuff to do like in, in this interim period of my life because I have a whole season I got to take off. So really got involved in, and started competing in a Tough Mudder X, uh, which is a different sport that has since ceased to exist. But at the same time, I was like, "Ah, I should shoot some more. Like, I enjoy that. I should go out and shoot. And at that time, I owned 10 acres of land here in Kansas. And I was like, "Ah, I got land. I can make a really cheap range and shoot. And that's what I did. So I started getting out and shooting. And of course, like every CrossFitter in their life, they try to figure out, I have this hobby. How do I get CrossFit involved, right? And so I started doing workouts and shooting at the same time. Like getting my heart rate up, whether it was a bike or or whatever, and shooting. And we found out, like, man, like... (laughs) Shooting standing still and static is still tough. There's a lot of things involved. But as soon as you spike that heart rate, man, that's freaking, that's a whole other ball game. And so I started really getting involved in that and kind of called it, like, made this hashtag, started tagging as it, fitness and firearms. And it really caught on. And then I kept getting, like, a couple months later or so, I got getting tagged in, like, this sport or this event called Tactical Games. And I was like, I don't know what this is. I don't want people to tag me in this stuff. But as I look into it, I realize, oh, someone's actually tried to like make this a sport. And so I looked into it and thought, oh, it's kind of cool. It's very early young stages. It's like 2018 or 2019, somewhere on there. And I'm like, well, maybe when I get done, I'll go try one. And so I still obviously had 2019 and 2020. And as soon as I finished the 2020 year and I decided, okay, I don't think I really had the passion to compete anymore, nor the time to do it. Uh, I should probably look into something different. And I still obviously want to compete in something. And I said, okay, well, I'll go try one tapping games. Just see how well it functions. Do I like it? Do I like the community? Do I enjoy it? And so I signed up for one in 2021. I signed up for one, and I believe in April or May. It was in Utah. And uh, luckily, I had a buddy. I had mentioned Tough Mudder X earlier in 2018. I had a buddy who I had met at Tough Mudder X. His name is Matt Kimson, who I just fell in love with. What a good guy he was already doing the tactical games already had a kind of connection there. And so he came over to my house, kind of taught me some stuff and then went to my first event in 2021. And then from there on, I think I did one in Utah, one in Texas, one in Arizona. And finally we had nationals uh, in uh, Texas to cap off the year in 2021.
0: Nice. And that's uh, you took second at that tactical games. If I
1: took second at nationals, correct nationals.
0: Yeah. 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 Well done. Congrats on that, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I've heard from so it was just uh, what right. I've heard from Michael is uh, it's pretty, pretty tough group of competitive individuals. So that's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a good smattering of like, I'm probably the first one this year is probably the first year you we've actually had like athletes show up who are like, perf, like come from areas and are just athletes uh, in the past, the sport, which is nothing wrong with it, it has either been, oh, you're you're into fitness and you like guns or you're really into guns because you're an LDR or active duty and you're trying to learn some of the fitness. It's been both kind of concepts where, where Matt and I came in or a couple of us came at the same time where it was like, no, we made money from just athletics and we don't have zero knowledge in how to shoot or at least basic knowledge. And so we had to learn all that in the fly. So
0: I, uh, coach and competed in before, before the COVID times, uh, what was called train to hunt. So it's, it's similar, but it's archery. So you do yeah,
1: tra- train to hunt. I know what that yep. is. Archery. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Yep. So it's similar format. There's the standing, still shooting the 3d course where, like you said, the, you, you've got the, the, the pro pro hunters, uh, professional archers, guys that actually like compete, make money in archery doing super well in those events. And then there's, uh, because the two guys that started it had a CrossFit gym, there's the CrossFit workout. Cause once again, going back to what you were talking about, right? Like if you do CrossFit and you try something else sooner or later, you try to blend them. I'm sure there's going to be like a, a, like a cooking show, competitive cooking show with CrossFit too, at some point. Um,
1: I Actually, uh, I started, I've been bow hunting a few times. One of them was out in Africa and I don't post about that often because people freak out. But, uh, (laughs) um, but uh, I have a Matthews and shot a, I've shot a bow for a long time and actually tried to do the same thing. I called it, fitness and fletchings though and i would work out and shoot a bow it was just a lot harder because like unless you had like 20 arrows like w- what i didn't uh you would have to like go get your arrows it was just a pain i was like you know what i'm just gonna like keep it
0: basic for bow hunting so Yep, you know, i love it those are those are the sprint intervals so i i you know to depending on how many targets you have because there's nothing worse than robin hooding an arrow and then Breaking two of your arrows and you're out like forty bucks, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, those are your sprint intervals. You're going, you go and you got to sprint down, get the arrows, come back as fast as you can. Uh, shuttle sprint. <laughs> I've, and recently, I've, I, I got a gun dog a couple of years ago. So just to minimize the time, I also incorporate his training. So we do our basic obedience. He's got to sit and stay in his duck blind. I do my workout part, shoot the bow. And then he'll, depending on what kind of hunting scenario we're creating for retrieving uh, lines, T drills, blinds, all that kind of stuff, he goes and gets it. So you get all of it in, plus you get a little bit of dog time, and they're getting their workout in as well. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't
1: teach with Winston. Winston doesn't do that. sits around like a
0: fat dog. Yeah, Winston, <laughs> he would, he would, his union, his reps would call you, his people would yeah, call yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, his people would call my people and be like, no, no, no. My- my boy, he don't run.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm here for the looks, the views, maybe the the occasional butt shot when he walks up to the camera just right.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Good old Winston. How old is Winston?
1: Oh, four, I believe. He's four. Nice.
0: Good for him. I love corgis. Great yeah, dogs.
1: They're, they're, little, they're little jerks, but they're good dogs.
0: <laughs> so sir, so we're, we've been talking fitness and competition uh, at this point what let's start with fitness. What role, I guess, has that played in your life this whole time through like ups and downs, through challenges, crazy life events, where does, where does fitness play a role?
1: Yeah. I think it's the one thing that's pretty stayed pretty uh, steadfast. Right. So I, I I remember my father uh, was a D one pole bolter in college. And my mom was a, um, a long distance runner. And so growing up, like I grew up in a very athletic family and I remember getting involved in sports in an early age, which I wouldn't really consider fitness per se, but I got involved in sports, you know, football and all that good stuff. And then I really found fitness uh, when I discovered my dad's um like weight set in the garage. Uh, this is out in California. And, you know, at that time I discovered my dad's weight set. And at the similar time I was also getting involved in um high school football. And so we were, you know, you don't really lift weights in junior high, at least back then we didn't. Um And so I was getting pulled into a weight room and I really discovered fitness there and really fell in love with it. I fell in love with the process. I fell in love with the idea that uh, you come into a room, you put forth as much effort as you have. And like, you're not going to see initial um, progress right there, but as you see it go through, you realize this is important as you go through your life. And, and it honestly, like it it makes you feel good. Like it makes you feel good to go into a room and be like, you might not get a whole lot done that day, but if you go in and break a sweat at the end of the day, you're like, man, I got one, you know, you wake up in the morning, you break a sweat. You think no matter what happens today, if I get nothing done, I got that done. And I really care about my body because like in the long transcript of things, we only got one body to run with here as is, I think our nation is really quite realizing in this pandemic is like health and nutrition should be coveted and should be garnered with respect instead of just being tossed to the wayside.
0: For sure. Uh- I always tell people you get one meat wagon so you got to take care of it uh going kind of rolling with the fitness thing then where does where does the competitive side of you your nature was it was it nature or nurture like um so I guess where does competition fit in both from fitness and in life because I, I know you you signed up for the boxing too right like you, something I didn't you sign up?
1: There was no sign up. It was just they just like you want to do it, and I'm like, yeah. So it was, I didn't sign no dotted line.
0: There was no contract. Like you didn't. What, I mean, there's the, a, there's
1: a contract, but it wasn't like I was like applied for it. It oh, was just you like, hey, yeah, you yeah. want to do this? Um, so
0: how how did that come come about? And can you uh fill people in on that listing if maybe they don't know what we're talking about?
1: Yeah. So in uh in October uh, November of 2020. I decided, Hey, I think I'm going to be done competing in CrossFit, but i you know, I'm not going to announce it right now. You really got to be smart about that kind of things as it pertains to sponsors as, as it pertains to, okay, what's the next step in your life? Like, uh, there's no reason to make uh, rash or hasty decisions. And so I kind of sat down and figured, okay, you know, what do I want to do from a competition standpoint, which I can get to that in a second after this, after talking about boxing, what do I want to do from a competition standpoint, what do I want to compete in, cause I got to compete in something. And, uh, uh, what am I going to do for business? And started thinking that through and working on those aspects. And I was decided to announce like that I was going to be done competing like February before the open of 2021. And in January, my wife and I actually early February, my wife and I are out in Hawaii for vacation. And I get a call from, um, oh, actually I get, a, I get a direct message from a now a friend of mine, but it was uh, it is Josh Bridges manager. I get a uh, direct message from him. So he's like, Hey, you don't know me, but you know, it's my name. I'd love to jump on a phone call with you. I got a proposition for you that is out there. And I was like, dude, if someone sends you a message and says something's out there, you call them because it's probably out there. And even if you just get a good story on it, it's worth the story. So I call this cat up. And I'm like, All right. what do you got? What, what, what's, what, what does out there mean to you? And he went wrong. He's like, how would you, how would you feel about boxing Josh Bridges? And first I'm thinking this cat's full of crap. Like they, he's making this up on the fly. I'm like, dude, buddy, are you, who's chain you pulling? I'm like, I'm not boxing Josh Bridges. I was like, I thought that was a Dave Casher thing. He's obviously him and Dave have been chirping back and forth considering it. And that was a Dave thing. And he's like, well, you know, he kind of fell through. Dave doesn't want to box him, which, you know, is, is Dave's own opinion and choice. And he's like, I don't think Dave wants to box him. Uh, so we're offering, we asked another athlete, um, and you're our third, you're our third option. And you know, like we're kind of running out of time here. A runway, it's like six months away. Um, we're kind of running out of runway. You're kind of our last person to really ask until we decide to just kind of can the idea. And I was like, okay, well, let me let me talk to my wife. I didn't want to like let him know right away, but I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna do this. Like this is so out there. And how fun would it be to be like, yeah, guys, I'm not gonna CrossFit this year. I'm on a box. Like how cool would it be to say that to people like to announce like what you're doing next. And so part of the life and, uh, uh, asked her in the first, of course, the first thing she said was, uh, no, you're going to get your face pummeled. And I kind of explained how it worked to a degree. And again, to clarify, I had zero, I, I mean, I had put on probably boxing gloves on my fist, probably twice in my life to hit a buddy in high school. Right. Like, cause cause they were laying around his room for some reason, you know, like, I had never boxed, never went to a boxing class, didn't know Jack Diddley. I didn't even watch a boxing match in my life. I couldn't tell you how they won, how it worked. I thought they just always got knocked out. And so I um, called the guy back, accept the offer, and uh, I immediately had to go find a boxing coach in Kansas City and essentially jumped in. Pretty much just was like no more. I didn't do any more lifting for CrossFit for about six months. I pretty much strictly did cardio, lost a lot of weight, about like 10, 15 pounds and did straight boxing. And it, um, it was probably the most stressful, uh, in terms of mental, uh, decision I've ever made, but probably the most beneficial in the long run. Cause I quickly realized that it is important for people to go out and try things that scare you and to go out and do things that just scare the crap out of you. And you don't want to do like, Me going out of my comfort zone saying, I'm going to step into a ring with a guy that is going to try and knock me out with his hands. Like, that is something that I have never done in my life, will never do again in my life. Um, But it's something that taught me a lot of growth over the course of, I probably learned more from boxing about myself in six months than I will have ever learned from the nine years I've crossfitted.
0: So, so much truth in that, the, the fear of anything, even just in a, like in a, not, not something is for people listening. Not something as big as six months of training for a boxing match against someone that very much wants to knock you out, but just you know, picking one thing a day that scares you. I know that's kind of where the, like the, the Wim Hof stuff, right? Like the cold water breathing, like that's where, that's where that comes from, right? Like do something, not only are there, these physical physiological benefits you get from cold water submersion and hypoxic breathing but also if it freaks you out if you're scared about it right there's like some kind of switch that gets flipped when we can uh willingly channel that energy where you embrace something that scares you
1: it's a the best definition is it's uncomfortable do something that either scares you now sometimes that's not the best definition scary sometimes scary isn't always good but (laughs) something that makes you uncomfortable is always good i mean think about like uncomfortable conversations you'd have with people or uncomfortable situations you've been in. Those are the spots of life that you learn the most. Um, and so being able to do boxing taught me, gosh, more than I've ever learned from CrossFit. And I'm, I'm very thankful for that opportunity that was given to me. Uh, and Josh and I have had just a fantastic time talking through it. Being, we, we had a blast over in Dubai hanging out. We were just freaking hanging out, rubbing shoulders, having a good time. And then when it came time to step into a ring and hit each other, it's absolutely what we did. Um, but being able, and then when we were done, we were at a bar like an hour later hanging out. I was having the fruitiest drink on the menu and he was having a beer. And we were just having a good kicks and laughs about it. And so uh, it was a real cool opportunity.
0: I love it. sounds like a good time all around mentally and physically. Uh, you mentioned uh, while we were talking the, the need to compete. You said you had to compete in something and then you also, it might have been even in the same breath, talked about uh, business decisions, right? Not, not deciding anything too hastily. In our in our culture, in our society, we the 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 athlete, the competitor, it's always had this 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 energy around it, right? And a lot of us, we create our identities around this idea of being an athlete or a competitor. For you, you've you've and some people they they make that identity, but then uh, you know, they get an office job. And they have no competitive outlet and it slowly, slowly drives them to madness. I guess for, for you, how have you linked those all together? The need to compete, making a living off of it. And then also, you know, the the word of COVID is pivot, making these yeah. making these pivots and these business decisions.
1: Yeah. So um nature nurture. I grew up very competitive. Um very competitive we could be playing a board game i want to win and so um it wasn't until you know when i found crossfit it was just the perfect outlet for it because i was looking at thinking i'm gonna be done with collegiate football pretty soon like i'm gonna need something because i'm gonna go into the at that time i'm going to go into a a desk job for the rest of my life and i'm gonna be competitive what the flying crap do i do like this is gonna be unhealthy for me to get into a desk job and be like "I'm the best paper stapler here. Like ain't no one touching my speed. And so I was like, I need something. And I found CrossFit. It was a blessing. And and that was perfect. And that's what I I had my creative or creative. That's where I have my competitive outlet. And now fast forward. and, And yeah, that's correctly. That's what I said is as soon as I decided, I am done competing in CrossFit. It doesn't mean that I'm done doing CrossFit whatsoever. I do it nightly with Olivia and get want on. So I'm not competitive there whatsoever, but I need something to compete in. And I think my personal opinion, I, and I only speak for myself and I only speak for those of my gender of males, is I think most males need that. I think most males need something. I'm not saying you got to be an ultra athlete. I'm not saying you got to be the top in the world at something. That's what I want to be. But I think as a most males need something to compete in, whether it's go to a Tough Mudder, go to a Spartan race, go go compete in chess it's something that gets your mind going and it's goal oriented and hobby oriented it gets you working towards something else and i think when most people have goals it's beneficial to the just their mentality um and so for me as soon as i decided and flipped the switch of i'm not going to compete in crossfit my mind went to then i have to find something else to compete in or else i will go crazy uh and luckily i decided to try tactical games and luckily i also had boxy at the same time right well, uh, I decided to try tackle games. If the tackle games didn't work out and I didn't fall in love with it, then I would have found something else to be competitive. I don't, you know, I don't know what it is because that's another branch of, my, of the universe, I guess. But um, luckily, I found tackle games, and that's what I'm for the foreseeable future going to be competitive in. And at some point when I cease to compete in that sport, I'm sure I'll find something else. At that rate, I'll probably be quite a bit older, so it probably won't be very hugely fitness-based, um, but I'm sure it'll be somewhere around the fitness community. I
0: love it. Something, something, maybe Tai Chi, competitive Tai Chi or something. Isn't that what the the older guys do? A little push pull. Yeah.
1: Who knows? Who knows what it is? Uh,
0: So throughout this too, and I love, I love your mindset for, you know, competition uh, livelihood and all of that throughout this, you've been mentioning coaching a lot. You yourself are a coach, you program and all of these new endeavors you've taken on these skills, these uh, these new competitions. You, it seems like you've gotten a coach. I don't know for sure if you, you did you get someone to coach you for uh, tactical games?
1: No, uh, well, yeah, so I can break that down. So, yeah, I, I, I get your question. So, number one, uh, during CrossFit, um, for a, a majority of my starting career, I did not have a coach, and then I decided I'd probably get a coach. Like, there's, there's a lot of holes here that need to be filled that I am not capable of doing myself, uh, and I currently. I mean, if I was competing, I would still consider my coach. But the same coach that I had when I competed is now Olivia's coach who still actually programs for grit. Um, So I don't actually program for the grit performance side. I put my stamp of approval on it. and She does a fantastic job. Uh, I actually do program for the tactical side of the tactical games. So um, CrossFit taught me the idea that um, you'd be best finding a, a subject matter expert when it comes to coaching, when it comes to training to do something. And so I took that into boxing because went ain't no way in hell I was going to teach myself how to box. Uh, I found a fantastic coach for that. And then for tackle games, um, I didn't have a one-on-one, like this is my coach person. Uh, what I essentially did because the tackle games really – and it's very similar, to, very similar to CrossFit in terms of it envelops a lot of different concepts into one sport, long-range shooting, short-range shooting, rifle, pistol, the fit, anything fitness-related, all those kind of concepts. And so um, what I did was I found people that were experts in those areas um, that could, had the ability to teach me, and I spent time with them. And I mean, brought a notebook, took a bunch of notes. And then essentially took everything they had given me and come home with it. And then tried to learn from that and, and try to teach myself. Um, so for instance, I'll actually be gone out. Uh, I'll be gone next Thursday. So next week I'll be out in Arizona in Phoenix, actually taking an advanced pistol course from um, a world renowned pistol shooter that I, that I know. And so spending time with experts is important regardless of what you do. And again, like, if you're a male or a female, whoever you are, and you're like, I want to be competitive at a a local Tough Mudder, you don't got to go out and find an elite running coach. Just go find somebody to coach you at it, whether they have done a Tough Mudder or they're in your CrossFit gym, they're a good running coach, whatever the case may be. I think it's beneficial for a lot of people to realize that, you know, I, I personally am a coach. People come to me for advice. So when I need advice in other areas, because I am a coach, I go look for a coach. And I think that's what you see from most coaches is they say, I know the limits of my knowledge. I know there are experts out there. I'm going to go find that person. They're going to teach me.
0: Love it. Uh, Yeah. Big on coaching. I just wanted to get your uh, your thoughts on it and get that info out there because yeah, I would agree with you Uh, for those of us that coach uh, as, as part of our livelihoods. Yeah. It just seems, it seems natural to us, right? Like, well, I'm going to go find that person that's way better at this than I am and learn from them. But then I, I work with people on a weekly basis where, you know, it was, it was a huge life-changing decision to come walk through the doors and get a coach, right? Like some, some people have this um, thought or bias that it's a negative thing that you need uh, a coach or someone to help you. So I like to talk about it on this podcast and just get that information out there for people listening who are perhaps uh, facing a challenge right now that they think is insurmountable but in reality, they just need to go find someone that's been through it, or someone that's good at that certain thing, uh, and help them overcome it. A, a big part of that too is even in uh, mental health training, right? Like your your mind, your your cognitive processes, they're very similar to your physical your physical habits. So, um, finding someone that can help you through a lot of those um, things that you're doing mentally to yourself can be very beneficial. So. No, oh, I love your, love your thoughts on coaching. And obviously whatever, uh, whatever you're doing in your barn gym, barn looks awesome, by the way, with Olivia's working, she crushed it at Wadapalooza. So well done on that, sir. Give you a I, expect, pat on the I, back. Expected,
1: I expected nothing <laughs> less. She wasn't the run, the running joke actually in the barn, uh, for all of 2021. And I'm probably going to continue going forward to the day I die is the joke is we only take winners in the barn. So if you don't, if you don't come back on, you know, either come back with your shield or on it kind of concept. So, like, if you don't come back in the first place, you're training outside. Like, the, the barn's only for winners. And so, but the running joke is, like, she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Barn's for winners. She's like, when did you win the CrossFit Games, Jacob? And I'm like, whoa, I built this place? I was like, so I, I get a free pass? Okay, so chill out. So, that was the, that was the running joke when uh, I would go compete at the tactical game. She would say that. Uh, so when I came back in the second place in the tactic game, she was like, mm, "I don't know if you should be allowed back in." But luckily, I came back and won boxing, but uh, yeah, she won the Crosby games and won Wadapalooza. so she's been allowed back in. So.
0: She gets, but your name's on the electric bill, so you just got to remind her that, right? Like, hey, I, I keep the lights <laughs> yeah. on.
1: That
0: I mean, something. I, just to <laughs> clarify,
1: I'm not the I'm not the boss. My wife is the boss, so it's, there you go. she keeps the place running. So then we're good.
0: Exactly. All right. Well, I think we covered quite a bit on coaching competition and fitness so that leaves just uh psych the street parking workout for this week it's a good old this one this one's gonna hurt it's eight minute AMRAP. where's the rx division eight minute AMRAP. so you've got two dumbbell hang power clean and jerk 50 pounds 35 pounds uh two box jumps at 24 and 20 inches and then you rinse and repeat that, adding two reps every set. So you do two of both, four of both, six, eight, so on and so forth. In the in the workout brief, Miranda's team mentions you're shooting for somewhere between 10 to 14 reps. You finish that, you rest for four minutes, and then you start all over again. So however far you got in that AMRAP, you're going to do that same amount of work over again but four time. So let's say you finish the round of 12s rest for four minutes. The second part clock starts at zero. And now you're trying to race through all of those sets, getting the 12, finishing the set of 12 for time. And then those are, those are two. So there's an A and a B How and they get scored separately.
1: How does that work for scoring then?
0: Well, that's, so that's, so you can come out of the gates, crush the first one, right? Um, but then be super, super slow on the second one. So your scores are going to be weighted differently. So you can't, from what I've, the math I've been looking at and what I've been going through, you can't finish first in both of them, because obviously if you get through 14s, there's no way you're going to finish that before the person that did eight. So yeah.
1: That, you, I don't, there's going to be, a, gonna there's be- going to
0: be a middle ground of scoring that takes the win.
1: Yeah that's a bit weird how they do that scoring. I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I don't like that personally, but I get it. That's cool. But, uh, that, that creates a gaming. I, I don't have a problem with a gamer's perspective of I'm going to game this, but that now comes down to not really a whole lot of fitness, but playing a game, mm-hmm. uh, of, okay, well, what do I want to do? Um, do I want to finish this round or do I want to just sit here because I can do better? Because if hypothetically they'd say, I, get through and finish the round of 14 and no one's around me. Let's just, mm-hmm. it's just I can say that. And, and you had people who only finished the round of, of pins. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to get probably last place. And so last place plus first place isn't going to do well. So you need to actually play the game of, well, what's going to do better is if you get me, you know, uh, like, 70th percentile on both scores you'll do a better job so you're not going to put forth the best effort on the workout so mm-hmm. that's kind of cool but like <laughs> it's it's that, that's a gamer workout it's not really a fitness workout per se
0: as a uh, someone who just viewed uh, going into this i viewed you as the person that wouldn't like that workout that's the exact response i was expecting from you
1: yeah <laughs> yeah it's not like that i mean from like a perspective of like and like teaches you how strategy Absolutely. From a perspective of less test fitness. No, you know, not, not even, not even close. But so you-
0: well, so let's say you're, you're Jacob Heppner. You're signed up for the bullet point open to win it, but you're also ha- going through the, the internal personal t- turmoil you're facing right now. Three, two, one, go. Which, which path are you choosing? Are you choosing to you game t- it because you t- want to win or do you want to you- personally test your, your grit?
1: Well, so it depends on who, everyone who's competing with you, right? So, like, if we're if this is the actual open where people are going to be around my scores, then you have to – and people are going to be around your scores, then you, you probably are going to go out pretty hard. Um, man, I don't know, though, because if it's the open, you also have – if you look at an open on a bell curve, you, I would represent the 1% of the 1%, which is the bottom of the bell curve. Therefore, most people are going to be in the middle, right around the median. Therefore, your best bet is to stay around like the 70th percentile. So, honestly, personally, this workout would never be in the open. I just want to clarify that for everybody. No way in hell. Uh, but if it was in the open, like, you know, Dave, you know, Dave Casher decided to throw us a freaking bone. It sucked before he decided to get to leave. Um, and let's also assume that no one else thinks like this because if everyone thinks like this and does this, then, then actually you should have gone for 50th percentile. If everyone, if no one thought like this, I would go for a low score and a fast time. It makes sense. So if I were doing it, the problem is you show people this, they're going to do this. So if I was doing that workout and I was capable, I want to clarify what I mean by saying 70 percentile. If I'm capable of finishing the round of 14, if I sit down and, and mathematically program it out and think to myself, you know, this takes this long, I can do this many and broken, blah, 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 blah. blah and I know in eight minutes I can finish uh, the round of 14, then I should not ever try to go for the round of 14. I should go for essentially 70% of those reps, uh, hypothetically, concept here, 70% of those reps, I should accomplish that. It won't get me a first place in the world score, okay? It'll be 70 percentile, so it's not bad. Uh, You know, it's a C. But then when I try to do the four-time portion, assuming the scores are weighted the same, 100 points, 100 points, that's my assumption, then therefore I should go for the 70... I, I should go for I'll have a 70 percentile score in the second piece, assuming I don't bomb it because I'm tired, um, which I shouldn't be because I only give 70 percent effort. Therefore, I get 70 percent on the first one and the second one gives me a better score overall than going for 90 percent and then getting a really, really slow time because I did so much more work than everyone else. So eh, won't be in the open. I don't like it, but it's cool. That's my
0: personal opinion. I love it. You uh, smashed that one out of the park. Great, great breakdown for everyone. Uh, good, Some good strategy, some good food for thought in there. Uh, yeah, are you
1: strategy. Do- don't don't go hard.
0: Right? <laughs> are you uh, just hard enough? Um, are you signed up for the Open? Not doing the CrossFit? No, the CrossFit Open. Nope.
1: nope. Not going to do it this I year? I don't know. Uh... No, no, I won't do it any year. Oh, okay. I don't do it from my perspective. Um, if I decide to do something, I want to be the best in the world at it and I want to give it my full effort. I'm not going to, if I just start doing the open, then I will try to do a quarterfinal. I'll try to do a semifinal and I'll end up at the freaking games. So I'm not doing it. It's just not, oh, nope, not even going to start with it. So
0: Fair enough. Nope, I like never it. do was, go to the open. Was that a hard decision to come to going back to the, the whole shift? Hell
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. Oh, no, open season hurts I, 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 yeah, it's, uh, be really, to be honest, uh, it would be cool to take my, the mindset I have now of, of trying something uncomfortable and applying it to CrossFit now to just kind of see where it, where it looks like. Because, you know, people, guys, guys and gals who compete in the CrossFit games, the open is stressful it will always be stressful and it was stressful for me when I did it. Uh, and then I realized like, man, this is the, this is as high as my stress is ever going to get is the open. And then when I decided to stop competing and I said, I'm going to go jump in a ring with somebody and get my nice lights possibly knocked out. I realized that this stress level is a freaking joke. Like we're up here because I'm in a ring. Everyone's watching me. I'm on TV and I got a guy trying to try to hurt me. Uh, and I realized the stress levels up here now. And so then I realized what I'm capable of for stress when I'm competing in the tactical games or doing these other things, I realize everyone's getting nervous. Like, Oh, I'm nervous about this. I'm like, dude, this is nothing. Like I've done much more uncomfortable things in this. This isn't even slightly scary. And so it would be kind of cool to try the open knowing that now, but again, like if I tried it, I want to go all in and I'm not doing that.
0: For sure. I guess we're, uh, we're approaching the end. Uh, Thanks again, Jacob. uh, Let's, let's take that idea and, We'll finish with that idea of managing stress, right? We, the idea of living stress, stress stress-free, that doesn't exist, right? You need stress, physical, mental, cognitive in order to grow, to understand your limits, to, to get better for you. Do you have a a daily ritual, a morning ritual? What, what does that look like in order to kind of channel your energy for the day and control, control how stress impacts you? What does that look like for you? We'll, we'll uh, wrap the episode up with that thought.
1: Yeah, I actually wrote this. So I, I'm finishing up an ebook for the tactical games that covers everything I learned in my rookie year uh, last year. And so I actually wrote a paragraph um, all about that. And it covered the idea of stress management, um, especially when it comes from a shooting perspective. Um, because if you go to a, you know, and it can be applied to archery also, when you go to shooting competitions, it's usually very fast, you know, sub one minute easily. We're talking like sub 30 seconds, right? Uh, one mistake could cost you, make your, break you. It's very high stress, very high speed environment. And what i found the best that works with stress uh, deals with um, fitness. I personally think that, and I'm not saying you gotta be the best in the world of fitness. What I'm trying to say is just taking time out of your day, 10 minutes out of your day to go break a sweat will make you feel infinitely better And so having that concept of being able to do that helps with stress. And that's what I'm trying to impart to people in this sport, um, that compete in a high stress environment that, Hey, I understand, but if you have time, take 10 minutes out of your day and realize this is a great stress reliever.
0: I love it. I think that's a good place to end it. Uh, Jacob, thanks again for coming on, giving, uh, giving an hour of your, uh, rest day Thursday. So I really appreciate it, man. And for everyone listening, I hope you hope you learned a few things that you can apply to life fitness training and the bullet point open. I appreciate it, man.